Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. Let's go right quick to the word of God. Amen. Are you ready for the word? Give me the book of 2 Kings chapter 3. I'm going to preach very short. Y'all know when I say that, that means the Lord has to help me. Amen. 2 Kings chapter 3 and we'll read from verse 11. 2 Kings 3 and verse 11. The Bible says, but Jehoshaphat said, is there not here a prophet of the Lord that we may inquire of the Lord by him? And one of the king's servants answered and said, here is Elisha, the son of Shaphat, which poured water on the hand of Elijah. Next verse. And Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. Keep going. And Elisha said unto the king of Israel, what have I to do with thee? Get thee to the prophet of thy father mm, and to the prophet of thy mother. And the king of Israel said unto him, nay, for the Lord had called these three kings together and to deliver them into the hand of Moab. Keep going. And Elisha said, As the Lord of hosts liveth before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not look towards you, nor see you. Hmm. But now bring me a mistral. Somebody say, bring me a mistral. And it came to pass when the mistral played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, Thus saith the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. What do you do? Make the valley full of ditches. I like what the way it is in the King James, in the Amplified Version. Just swap over to the Amplified, please, if you can. Swap it over, verse 16 to Amplified. It says, And he said, Thus saith the Lord, make this dry brook bed of trenches. Bed of what? Trenches. Look at your neighbor, say, make trenches. He said, Look at somebody else, say, make your, get your trenches ready. Mm, get it ready, get it ready. Glory to God. And he said, Thus saith the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. Next verse, verse 17. Keep going, sir. Keep going. Verse 17. And he says, For thus saith the Lord, you shall not see wind or rain, neither shall you see rain. Yet, somebody say, Yet, this valley shall be filled with water that ye may drink, both ye and your cattle and your beasts. My God, and this is but a light thing in the sight of the Lord. He will deliver the Moabites also into your hands. Next verse. And ye shall smite every fence city and every destroy city, and ye shall and shall fell every good tree and stop all wells of water and mar every good piece of land with stones. Keep going. And it came to pass that in the morning when the meat offering was offered, and that Behold, there came water by the well of way of Edom, and the country was filled with water. My God. And when all the Moabites heard that the kings were come up to fight against them, they gathered all that were able to put on armor and upward and stood in the border. And they rose up early in the morning, and the sun shone upon the waters. And the Moabites saw that the water were on the other side as red as blood. And they said, this is blood, the kings are surely slain, and they have smitten one another. Now therefore, Moab to take 
to the spoils. And when they came to the camp of Israel, the Israelites rose up and smote the Moabites so that they fled before them, but they went forward, smiting the Moabites even in their own country. And everybody say, Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that you bless the ministration of your word. Give us understanding, Lord. Teach us your ways, Father. Heavenly Father, I want somebody to live here with a word from you for the rest of this year. A word that they will hold on to even in time of trouble. Even in time when the enemy is raging. Give them a word. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church say, Amen. I started on Wednesday. Uh, I preached a message I titled The Attitude of Gratitude. Now I believe that um, how many of you know we are half of the year now? I mean, we're in the second half of the year. Um, and, um, you know, God has, been, God has been good to us. The fact that you are alive, it, it's worthy of giving God thanks. Uh, you, you're not sounding like you want to. Uh, how many of you feel like God should be praised for keeping you for the first six months of this year? Uh, I don't know about you. I don't deserve to be alive, but God kept me. I don't, I, I, the enemy didn't want me here, but God kept me. I, everything was working against me, but God kept me. In the midst of storm, in the midst of all kinds of situations that I went through, God still kept me. Somebody say amen. And so God has been good and he deserves all our praise. And as we enter the second half of the year, from July to December, I believe that God is showing up for his body. Amen. Ah, your amen, your amen, your amen. God is showing up for his body. God, God is about to release his hand for his body to experience his goodness. Get ready for God's faithfulness. Get ready for God's goodness. He said, I will arise and have mercy upon Zion for the time to favor her. Yea, the set time is when. Somebody say now. Shout it like you are serious now. The time to favor you is now. I believe this is your season of rest. I said I believe this is your season of rest. The Bible says in, in Genesis 8-4 that the, the ark rested on the seventh month. On what month? The seventh month. This is your month of rest. Everything that has troubled you, God will give you rest. I said every area of your life that is restless, I prophesy rest in the name of Jesus. I came from the presence of God this morning to tell somebody that every area of your life that has been troubled, that the enemy has stirred up all kinds of issues around you, that God is giving you rest. I declare your rest. Somebody shout amen. And glory to God. Alright, let me go to the story that I just read. I told you I won't preach long. The Bible says that, um, you know, there, there is this king called Je Jehoram uh, who was the son of uh, Ahab and Jezebel. At that time, the father had just died and he took over Israel. He took over Israel. And um, at that point, um, Judah and Israel were, uh, were divided. So they both had separate kings. And um, Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah. And Jehoshaphat was a man of God. He was a man that loved God, went to the house of God to pray. He was a man that, if you remember the story of Jehoshaphat, when he was facing three kings, the Bible says he went, he told the whole nation to go into prayer. 
and the Bible talks about them after they prayed, God now spoke to him and says, believe in the Lord your God and so shall you be established. Believe also his prophet, so shall you prosper. So he was from Jehoshaphat. He was a man that loved God. But then he went to join affiliation with Jehoram, the son of Ahab and Jezebel. Uh, church, it's important who you affiliate with. Uh, let, let, me, let me digress a little bit. Uh, church people don't know how to make friends. A lot of times we make friends that, that bring trouble into our life. Let me tell you, church, human beings are gates. Human beings are spirits. Many human, listen to me, there are people you connect with. It won't take long before their fight becomes your fight. Oh, okay, let me talk to this side. You, you don't, please, before you connect with somebody and call them your friend, make sure that you can handle their fights. Make sure you can handle their trouble. Jehoshaphat didn't have a problem with the king of Moab. It's the problem was that he decided to join forces with Jehoram, who was the son of Jezebel. How do you as a man of God decide to make the son of Jezebel your best friend? Mind who is your friend. They say, show me your friends, I will show you your destiny. Show me your friends. Many of you have, all your friends are people that, that take you nowhere. I always say this in the foundation class. Human beings are like lifts. They are what? The lifts in a building. Lifts has two directions. Up or down. When people enter into your life, they either take you up or they take you down. You need to mind those who take you down and run away from them. Am I communicating? So many of God's people have made wrong decisions, wrong choices because of who they mingled with. Who they mix themselves with. Amen, somebody. Be careful who you affiliate with. Otherwise, you take on battles that don't belong to you. Jehoshaphat was on his own. And these young men and the, and the king of Edom came to him and said, let's form an affinity. And he decided to join them. And in the midst of joining them, Moab decided to fight against these three kings. Now Jehoshaphat sitting on his own, a peaceful man, now takes on a battle that does not concern him. And then when this king was threatening them, because they knew Moab, Moab was solid. Moab was weaponized. And so when, when this king decided that he was going to attack them, Jehoshaphat now asked, is there not a prophet that we can go to, to get the word of the Lord? And then one of the messengers said, listen, there is this one uh, Elisha who used to pour water in the hand of Elijah. And the Bible said they got there, as they got to the prophet, the prophet said to them, said first and foremost, the prophet, you all know that the prophet had a problem with Jezebel. Hello. <laughs> you know why he had the problem? Because his spiritual father and Jezebel were always at loggerhead. You all remember Elijah called down fire to consume all the prophets of Jezebel. Say amen, somebody. <laughs> so they had a problem. And now when, when he got there and saw Jezebel's son. He, El Elijah said to them, what are you people doing here? And then, obviously, he noticed that Jehoshaphat was with them. He said, ah, if not for the presence of Jehoshaphat, I won't have time for you. I, will, I don't even have time for people like you. Amen, somebody. Church, be careful who you give your time to. There are people that are true time wasters. Destiny wasters. 
when they come into your life, all they do is things that waste your time. They, they, they talk to you things that are irrelevant. They've made you make decisions that are against your wife, against your husband. Am I talking to somebody? By the time you have a friend that tells you, you know, beating up your wife is the way to go. Get rid of that friend. Oh, no amen, somebody. No amen. Church, what kind of friends do you have? Elisha said, I don't, listen, Jehoshaphat, I love you. But with these people you are affiliated with, I don't have time for all of you. And Jehoshaphat pleaded. And he said, look, if not for the presence of Jehoshaphat, I will not have anything to do with you. And then he said, bring me. It is because they wanted the word of the Lord. Church, I want to talk to us about something really serious before I preach my message this morning. Something the Lord told me to warn the body of Christ. Jehoshaphat said, bring me a mistral. Before I could do anything, I need a mistral. The word of the Lord cannot come unless I get a mistral. Now you know a mistral is somebody that sings and plays the instrument. Now church, I want you to know that there is a mood you must set on a daily basis for God to manifest in your life. Uh, okay, no amen. The Bible says God inhabits what? Talk to me. God inhabits what? Talk to me. God inhabits what? The praises of his people. There is a position you must get into that will change your mood for God to appear. Get me a mistral. Church, your mood is important to God. If you think you can come to God frowning, all depressed, all in sour mood, listen to me. God ain't going to listen to you. You have to come with a certain mood for God to attend to you. Many people are not getting their prayers answers because, answered because of the mood they come to, with, to come to God. The mood you have is very important. Now, I can understand why Elisha said to them, bring me a mistral. In the previous chapter, Elisha was walking past after he received the mantle. In chapter 2 of 2 Kings. As he was going, there were young children, young boys. Young, young, the Bible calls them, in fact, if you put that in the amplified, I think it's uh, around the verse 20, 20 or 22. The Bible said these young men, young, they, the King James said they were children. But I now read it in the amplified. He said that they were, find it for me. Yeah, there we go. He went from Jericho to Bethel. On the way, young, maturing and accountable boys. So they were teenagers. They were not children. They were teenagers. And these teenagers began to mock him and said to him, go up in a whirlwind like Elijah. Why are you not going up? Your master went up by a whirlwind. Go up you. Go up old man, you bald-headed man. Go up, go up, bald-headed man. Fly up by the whirlwind. <laughs> and Elisha said, I curse you in the name of the Lord. And two sheep came out and ate these boys. Ate them. Finish right there. Maybe you think I'm joking. He turned around, looked on them, and called a curse down on them in the name of the Lord. And two sheep came out in the wood of the woods and ripped up 42 of the boys. How many? The sheep tore them apart. So he saw that. Now, he was coming from that situation. And then, there comes three kings to him and say, we need the word of the Lord. Amazingly, 
He couldn't get the word of the Lord until the mood had to change. Oh. He had to change his mood. Church, you, if you're coming to God, enter into his gate with thanksgiving. And into his court with praise. Listen, I'm telling you what you should do in the whole of July. I want you to start praising God for what he will do for the rest of the year. Oh, let me talk to this side. I'm talking to people who should start praising God for what God is about to do for the rest of the year. For I perceive in my spirit that from now till 31st December, your miracle is going to manifest. Whatever you are believing God for is about to show up. I don't know about you, but I'm expecting something from God. I'm expecting God to move in my destiny. I'm expecting great things to happen. All my prayer requests, I'm expecting to see the manifestation. Somebody shout yes! He needed to change his mood. I can't prophesy. I can't speak the word of the Lord. The presence of God is not here. If I don't get a mistrial, that's why, listen, choir, you guys are very important in the service. Do you know why in many churches, choir can sing and nothing is happening? Because we don't prepare for these things. You know, church, this is how I operate. You know, once I finish preaching today, I take a break tomorrow. From Tuesday, my heart is already on the services. I'm beginning to talk to God. What should I say to your people Wednesday and Sunday? Am I communicating? My, I, that is, my mood is shifted to the services. But you see, when you come unprepared and not knowing how important your ministry is in the service, then you don't, the, the presence of God will move as he should. It's because we are not, we are not ready. Somebody in the band, you're playing keyboard, you're playing all these instruments, and you just think you just come to church. You just manifest and play. That's why things are not moving in our services. People blame pastor. He must, he must work miracle. No, it's not only the pastor. The keyboardist must go to prayer. The drummer must pray. Am I communicating? We gather here to pray every Saturday. There is no instrumentalist that comes here to pray. And you want to play and demons will manifest. It does not work like that. These are all the important things that needs to take place for things to happen. Get me a mistrial. I need somebody who is ready. You all remember the story of David. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 18 that the spirit of Samuel was praying for David. He says he took a horn of oil, poured it on the head of David and the spirit of the Lord came upon him from that day forward. And the next verse, the Bible said an evil spirit, the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and an evil spirit came upon Saul. And then now the servant, the servant said to him, Sir, now you are troubled by an evil spirit. Can we get somebody that can play? And the Bible said they went to get David. Oh, please put, find that scripture for me. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 16. And go back, go back, go back, go back. Go. All right, let's go. He says, and Saul's servant said to him, Behold now, an evil spirit from God troubled you. Next verse. Let our Lord now command thy servant, which is before thee, to seek out who? A man. Look at the description of this man. This is the description of those who should be in the band. Everyone in the band, this is your description. 
a man who is cunning in player on the harp. It shall come to pass that when an evil spirit from the Lord is upon thee, that he shall play in it with his hands. And thou shall be what? Can, you, can we get to a point where just keyboard, people are falling on that power? You know why? It's not the keyboard. It's the person playing the keyboard. It requires somebody that is anointed. It requires that when somebody stands here to sing, you open your mouth, fire comes out of your mouth. Am I talking to somebody? I'm tired of dead Christians on the altar. I'm tired of dead people on the bed. I need people on fire. I need people who wake up two in the morning. Shadaba, beberakote, embrekete, ratabara, babaradaya. As soon as you come into church, fire all over the place. We need firebrand Christians. What is going on in our generation? People come to church. That's why I stopped inviting guest ministers. I just got tired. During our conferences, they come, whatever their name is. After they sing. They just take a walk and leave. Don't hear the word. Do you know that many, many music ministers don't go to church? Jumping from one place to another, doing gig. Is that in the Bible? Where in the Bible did they see gig? Go and walk with your hands. Listen to me. Instead of me to sell this gospel, I would rather go get a job. The day a church invite me and I tell them pay me 5,000 rands. That day, let me, go, I'll rather go to heaven before it happens. This gospel is not for sale. And gospel artists must know it. You are not a secular artist. You, you are singing for God's presence to come. You can't be chatting for God's presence. What is wrong with this generation? Apostle, that's how we feed our family. Get a job. Open a business. Start something. It's high time we tell the truth. Many of them. I mean, there are many gospel artists that when they finish singing on the altar, they go smoke. They go smoke darker. People in the band, all these drum, drummers that they hire to go play, if you see their lifestyle, what is... Because our generation do not understand the call of God on their lives. Church, this thing is a serious matter. A man took a harp, played it, evil spirit was living. He wasn't singing, he was just playing because the guy is anointed. Put back that scripture, put it back quickly. Say, let our next verse, give me next verse. And so said unto his servant, Provide me now a man that can play well and bring him to me. Next verse. Keep going. And then answered one of the servants and said, Behold, I have a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemites, that is cunning in playing, a mighty valiant man. That is a description. A mighty valiant, we are talking spiritually mighty. Shakapata, a man that will wake up at night. Sheke brakote, leke babarada gadabada, babarakete kete kete, rekoto babarakata. When he starts playing, demons are trembling. Am I talking to somebody? We need men like that. Men of fire are gone. Men of fire are gone. People don't understand what we are doing here. Can't come to the choir, and all you did is make up. No, beloved, you are you. Are, that is. 
you, before you get here, you should have cooked at home for at least two hours. When you come here as you are singing, people are getting healed. The choir is important. I'm not talking down on you guys. You guys are doing so well. But I'm telling you, there's more preparations to be done than what we do here. Thank God for choir practice. Thank God for singing. But listen, there comes a time when all of you in the choir should gather for overnight prayers. Hello. Gather for overnight prayer. You don't come here to show off hair. You don't only go on Saturday to do your hair because you are singing. You need to prepare spiritually. Can I hear an amen? Church, bring me a mistral. I need anointed singers. Men that when they open their mouth, fire all over the place. Today we have entertainers. People who just entertain us. Unprepared men. Running up and down for one gig or the other. Getting 500 rand, 5,000 rand. Is that money? You have not seen money. If you serve God faithfully, this God I know, I know him very well. I said I know him very well. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things that the Gentiles are running after. I they will start running after you. Seek him first. Stop seeking money. Stop seeking things. Many of us wake up, the only thing on our mind is money. You can't live like that. Wake up in the morning, let Jesus be on your mind. Wake up in the morning, lift up your hands. May Labrahasha, Father, I love you. I worship you. When are we going to find those Christians? Christians who come to church prepared. Not waiting for pastor to prepare and come and preach to you. I'm telling you, when I was not a pastor, I was not a general overseer. I go to service, three hours prayer, I have entered the service. I am not the one preaching. Wake up at two in the morning, till 5 a.m. I will go to service. Somebody else is preaching. When you, you are, you, this generation, you know, I always say that the way that we were brought up and the way that we are bringing you guys up, uh, it's, 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 it's a sorry situation. It's a sorry situation. Where you are serving God like God is a problem. You're in this church for all these years. You are not doing anything. And you, you think, oh, I just come to church. Beloved, God gave you air this morning. God woke you up this morning. You didn't wake yourself up. There are so many mighty that died today. I was telling them on Saturday, I said there are three things you must invest on this altar. Number one is your time. Somebody say time. You, your investment must be on this altar. If you look at the kingdom of God, what have you invested? What have you given? Why should God preserve you? Why Do you have any reason why God should bless you? To what advantage are you to him? To what purpose? Your time must be on this altar. Every time you face this altar, you know my time is here. I came here to clean church. I came here to sweep. I came here to do choir practice. I came here. Invest your time. Number two is your energy. Invest your strength in the house of God. Invest your strength. Most church people don't want to do anything that will stress them. If it's out of convenience, I don't want to do it. Invest your energy for God. Church, invest for God. Listen to me. This word will pass away. Hey, Jesus. I think it's in 1 John 2, oh boy, 2.17, where he says, all that is in this word, 
is lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes and pride of... Look for it for me. It's in 1 John chapter 2. It says, that's all that is in this world. It says, all that is in this world is lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes and pride of life. Look at it there. All that is in this... I mean, what is all? What is all? Everything in the world is lust of the what? Flesh. Lust of what? The eyes and what else? Pride of life. And it's not of what? It's not of the Father. It's not of the Father. But of the world. Next verse. Next verse. The word passes away. And the last, everything you see in this world is going to pass away. All these things you are dying to get. You are running from kitty kitty run katakata. They are all going to pass away. I need to talk to somebody this morning. All these things you are pursuing. You, you wake up in the morning, your, high, your blood pressure is on the roof because of the cares of this world. He said they will all pass away. But he that do it. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. The will of God abided forever. Make sure that whatever you are doing is the will of God. Beloved, serve God with your energy. Serve God with your time. Serve Him with your energy. Number three, serve God with your resources. I told you guys, church, we are all not going to be the same level in heaven. I was telling the church on Saturday when I was leading prayer. Man, Saturday prayer, I'm, I'm always blessed, man. God always gives me things for Saturday prayer. Listen to me. In this world, we measure men by what they have. The car, the house, the suit, the shoe. That's how we measure men in the world. But in the kingdom, it's not so. In the kingdom, you are measured, your stature in the spirit is measured by the altar you have built for God. Your stature, listen to me. Your stature in the spirit is dependent on the altars you have built. And what makes an altar is sacrifice. So if you don't live a life of sacrifice, everything you are doing is convenience. Listen to me. You are in the spirit realm. Your, your weight is like this. It is because of that that people like us can speak to a situation and they get out. I don't, sometimes I don't even cast out devils anymore. Listen. People walk into my office for counseling, fall by my door. Not, I'm not telling stories. By my door, they fall under power. What is that? It's stature. But all you are worried about is car, house. You don't have time for the house of God. You don't have time to serve God. Worried about all the other things. Can't you look at your life? Where are you? Pursuing those things. Where are you? Some of us who have decided to pursue God, look at where we are today. Look at where we are. Everything that pertains to life and godliness, God has decided, since you are pursuing me, I will give them to you. Church, please pursue God. Give up for God. Give up your time. Serve God with your energy. Serve God with your life. There is nothing in this life. I'm the one telling you there is nothing here. There is nothing. I told you guys there is a song that I love. Whenever they sing it in the funeral, I'm going home. I'm go. Y'all know the song. I'm going home. I'm going home. I'm going home. 
to that no every funeral I go I want them to sing that song because it reminds me of my home this is not my home uh, I know you won't say amen you love your Louis Vuitton bag in the house I know, I know some of you. You love your Gucci. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. You love all the nice things you have at home. You don't want to go home. No, this is not your home. Look at your neighbor say, this is not your home. Oh, I'm going home one day. I'm expecting to meet with my Lord. Amen, somebody. I look forward to the day Jesus returns. Come, Lord, come. I expect him. And I'm looking forward to his coming. There is nothing in this life that is worth my pursuit. Nothing. My pursuit is Jesus. As we are extending this building to 5,000 seat auditorium, my, I wake up dreaming bricks, dreaming cement, dreaming sand. That's all I do. It's for the house of my father. That's all I think. How do we get this done? How do we get that done? How do we get this done? This morning I've made calls to people that will start work by tomorrow or next tomorrow. Amen, somebody. Church, save God with you. Oh boy. Save God with your life. It's mundane excuses we are giving God. I don't know where it's going to take us. Listen to me, church. I know you need, Pastor, are you saying, is it not because you have the things of this life? How did I get it first and foremost? It is from serving God. Listen, I didn't start serving God when I became a pastor. I've been a radical for Jesus in my teens, in my 20s. I have been pursuing this God like this. Like this. There is no, I don't have room for frivolities in my life. Church, serve God. This generation is serving themselves. Serve God with your life. What are you doing with your time, your resources, your energy? The Bible says Jesus prayed until drops of blood came out from his blood. Do you know what it means to pray until the sweat coming out is like drop of blood? You know what that means? I'm giving it my all. Jesus didn't die, uh, you know, sipping coffee. You know, yeah, yeah, I'm dying for the word. Give me cappuccino. You're like cappuccino. Hallelujah. Jesus didn't die sipping coffee. The Bible says when he got to Gethsemane, he prayed until the the sweat coming out from him was drops of blood. That's the person that paid the price for you to be saved. And yet, look at how you are treating him. Church, seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. I don't know who I'm talking to. Somebody here has derailed my message. You need to go back to seeking Jesus. Oh, man, look for... There is a guy called Zacchaeus. He's in Luke chapter 19. Look for that guy for me. Look for him. Quick. I need him now. I need him. Hurry up. Find him. These are not part of my message, but somebody here needs to, you need to change gear today. You, you, you are the one delaying your promises. Am I talking to somebody? Find Zacchaeus for me. Where are you? Put it on the screen. Stop showing me. Find him. Show Zacchaeus. My God, I'm on fire this morning. I tell you, Jesus. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Hurry up, hurry up. Find Zacchaeus somewhere in Luke chapter 19. When Jesus was come to the place, okay, behold, this is verse 2. Yeah, when Jesus came to a place, he looked up and saw, no, 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 go back, go back, go back, go back. Let's start from, yeah, behold, go, let's start from verse 1. Verse 1. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Keep going. And behold, there was a man named who? Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publican. And he was what? He was what? 
Today, many rich, listen. Me, I have seen people God blessed in this church. The moment God blessed them. One of my sons that came into this church, broke, busted, disgusted. His wife wanted to leave him. I prayed, counseled them, and they, everything went smooth. All of a sudden, ran into some tender in Limpopo. Next thing I saw him, he's driving a Porsche Cayenne. Driving all kinds of luxury cars. One day I'm in Santa Moore, walking alone. I see this guy with a slave queen. As I saw him, I say, who is this one? Look at <laughs> You know me. me I, I, if I catch you in the mall and you are with a slave mama, God help you. You will explain the slave mama. One of my sons, I met him by the robot. He was driving a black polo. He's married. So he was with another lady. So unfortunately for him, both of us stopped by the robot. He went down, Daddy, how are you? I said, who is that girl you are with? <laughs> I said to the girl, do you know he has a wife? He said, Child, he put his hand on his head. <laughs> no, I don't hide evil. If I catch you, the Lord help you that day. So I met him. I said, who is this one now? He said, Daddy, can I come and see you? I said, no. Who is this one? Zacchaeus was a rich man. Yet, keep going. Chief among the publicans. Zacchaeus was the head of SARS. He was the head of what? And he knew how to eat bribe, for goodness sake. Oh, Zacchaeus was prosperous. He was chopping some bribe. All right. Everybody read one to go. Do we still have people that want to seek to see Jesus? Rich men. He sought to see Jesus. Who he was. He wanted to see Jesus and know who he was. You are pursuing. Look at a rich man. Pursuing Jesus to know who he is. And you, you don't even have 5,000 rands. You are pursuing every other thing. Pursuing to know who Jesus is. Do we still have men like that in church? This is an unbeliever. Believers are pursuing things. Unbelievers are pursuing God. And could not for the press. The crowd was too much. Because he was a little stature. The man was not even just a little stature. He has no integrity. Nobody, because if you see what they said about him. Nezvet, he sought to see Nezvet and he ran before and climbed what? A second tree, into a second tree to see him for he was past the way. He climbed up a tree. He climbed up. Where are there still people climbing trees to see Jesus? Are there still people that are coming, they desire to get to church to see Jesus? Are there people that want to be in prayer because they want to see Jesus? Are there people that want to come to church to serve because they want to see Jesus? Are there still people? He climbed up a tree, second mine tree, just because he wants to see Jesus. Climb up a tree. These are men who are pursuing God. What are we doing, church? Pursuing money. You wake up on Monday morning, think of money, Tuesday money, then Wednesday money. Then if your life is sour or frustrated just because you are thinking of money. Is money important? I'm not saying it's not. It is important. But there is a God that gives it. Every good and perfect gift cometh from where? 
from above. It cometh from the Father of light, in whom there is no variableness, no instability, neither any shadow of turning. He doesn't change his mind. He's stable. If you listen, if you serve him acceptably, God pays well. He's a rewarder of them that was what? Diligently seek him. Diligently. The things that God desires, we are not doing. Some of you now here, as you are leaving church, married man, there is a girl you have set up appointment with. Instead of pursuing Jesus, you are pursuing a girl. Look at your life. Some of you ladies, you have appointment with another man. You have planned that today is today. It's winter. I must take off my clothes. The devil is a liar. God is exalted. You will never take off your clothes again. <laughs> oh boy. Give me Zacchaeus again. Let me finish Zacchaeus. He said he climbed up into a second tree to see him for he was past the way. Next verse. When Jesus came and he looked up, Jesus looked up and saw him. Jesus said, Zacchaeus, make haste. Hurry up. God is about to tell somebody to hurry up. Yeah. Uh, from July to December, God is hurrying to your life. I say, God is in a hurry to bless you. God is in a hurry to change your story. God is in a hurry to heal you. God is in a hurry. My God, make haste. I am on my way to your house. I don't know who I'm talking to Lord thank you for giving me Zacchaeus this morning if I stop at Zacchaeus I've preached already I don't know somebody that needs to climb a sacred mine tree I don't know somebody that came to church today you've been seeking for an opportunity to serve the Lord to seek the Lord to pray today God has given it to you what is your sacred mine tree somebody holla sacred mine tree you need to get onto your second tree. Get onto your tree. Look at your neighbor say, get on your tree. Oh, there is a place where Jesus will see you. There is a place Jesus can only see you. If you stay below, he won't see you. There is too many crowd at the bottom. You need to climb the tree. You need to get on your tree so that Jesus can see you. Who am I talking to this morning? Get on your tree. Get on your tree. Stop sitting with the crowd. Get on your tree. Get on fire for Jesus. There are people Jesus can't overlook anymore. Oh yes. There are people every time he looks up, he sees them on second tree. I pray you are among them. And if you are not, I pray you join them today. I said I pray you join them today. Stop sitting with the crowd. He said for the press, the men ran to a second tree just because there was too many people on the ground and it was a small stature. Meaning, no matter where you are, how low you are, if you can only get on your second tree, no matter how broke you are, serve the Lord. Seek for him. No matter how bad things are in your family, just get on your tree. Look for your tree. I said, look for your tree. Find somewhere where Jesus will see you. I, I heard the story of a lady. This woman has been, has, haven't had a child for 17 years. 17 solid years. I was listening to her sharing this testimony. 
She hasn't had a baby for 17 years. So she, she, she wanted to, she said one day she just had a revelation that she was cleaning toilet. She had a vision that she was cleaning toilet. And a man wearing robe said to her, because you have done this, you now have your baby. She now went and joined the sanctuary cleaning department. And joined them, started cleaning toilets. The first month she took in, after 17 years of marriage, took in and had her baby. Beloved, there is a place you will be, God will find you. The reason you are not being found is because you are not in your place. I told you guys, listen to me. I am serving God with everything in me. We were on a retreat for three days with the leaders. In the middle of the retreat, the Satan attacked my bladder. I was vibrating, shivering. I didn't know what to do. I need to preach that morning. Me and Kion were in the camp. As we were driving back from the camp, I said to Kion, son, if I preach this morning, you know the hand of God is on me. I was in pain. But for the Lord Jesus, I must be on my tree. I can't be found anywhere else. My purpose is to stand here and preach the word. I will not allow bladder that is talking to... No, 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 no. I got here, preached that day. As I got home, I knew I was about to go. I called Kion. I said, son, rush me to hospital now. Now. Because I told you guys, the first time I took injection in 27 years, this year. Church, stay on your second tree. All this running up and down, pursuing things. You miss service because of small business. Beloved, I made a vow many years ago. There is no business you bring me that will make me. I was not, the, I was not a pastor. I was an associate pastor under another church. I made a vow that there is no business deal that will make me miss church. When it, at that time, our midweek service was Friday and then Sunday service. And then I do counseling on Thursdays. Nothing will make me miss church. For what? Where will I be? I, in my five years, five and a half years of being in that church, I missed service only one day. And that day I had a flat tire on my way to church. In Alberton, under one bridge, I had a flat tire. I had to wait for the easy AA, they called them. To come and assist me. Some of you sit down at home. God is watching you. Say, do not forsake the assembling of yourself together. Anytime we gather here, don't forsake it. As the manner of some is. Listen to me, church. Let me tell you. You see, I always say this. If I look at my life today, I tell myself, everything that is wrong in my life, I'm the cause, not God. Everything wrong in my life today is not God, it's me. Everything. I can never blame God. God is ever faithful. On his side, he keeps his word. He does not go back on his word. He keeps his word. But when you look at your life and things are not happening, stop blaming God. I've prayed, I've tight, I've this. There are things you are not doing. He said to the man, one thing thou lackest. The man thought everything was okay. He thought he had obeyed the Lord. I, I didn't do this. I didn't. Jesus said to him, one thing you lack. One thing. One thing. So stop blaming God. There are things that must be fixed. And one of them is that we must seek and serve this God. Let's seek him. Church, we don't have years anymore. We don't. Listen, if Jesus prophesied through Joel in Joel 2.25, 
that in the last days it shall come to pass that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall, your young men shall dream dreams. Your old men shall see visions. He said that almost 2,000 years before Jesus was born. Jesus came, was born. In Acts chapter 2, the Holy Ghost came. Meaning, almost 2,000 years ago was the last day. Because Jewel prophesied it that the last day, that's when the Holy Ghost will come. Now, Holy Ghost came more than almost 2,000 years ago or 2,000 years ago. How much time do you think we have? You and I don't have time. All this, I'm pursuing money, pursuing this unrest in your life. Beloved, it's time you live a life of peace. The joy of the Lord is not your strength, is, is your strength, not the money in your account. Oh, no, amen. Do you know how you know you have received something from the Lord? When you can act like you already have it. Uh, you all remember what I told you on Wednesday? The Bible says, Hannah went into the house of God, was praying, pray, 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 obviously because of Penina that has six children. Penina was troubling Hannah every day. Penina would wake up, take her children and, and be walking around Hannah, carrying the baby and giving the baby suck and say, you know, some women have children, some can't. Oh, thank you, Lord. Some women are blessed, some are not. Mocking Hannah. And Hannah got tired, went into the house of God and thrust it out with God. Some of you are going through things. We have Saturday prayer. You sit at home. They are, you must thrash it out with God. Nothing happens until men prays. Listen, God does nothing. All, this earth has been given to the sons of men. It's, it's been given to you. God cannot do anything on the earth unless man asks him. So stop blaming people for your problem. You come to ask me for help. I don't give you, you leave church. Why didn't you believe God? Don't you have faith? Every day, you know, all these pastors do My friend, if you pray the hours I pray, if you are committed to God the hours I'm committed, then you can complain. Don't complain when you are not committed. Don't complain. That's why now I help by the Holy Ghost. You come to ask me for help, I pray first. Because I don't want to make you my Jesus. I don't want to make me Jesus in your life. You need to go before God on your own. Everybody can pray. God answers everybody. Call on to me, I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. I spend time before his presence. I spend my time with God. You heard my children. They Every morning, every early hours of the morning, they are hearing me walking up and down in the house. Why? Because something must drop. Something must drop. I don't want to live a mundane life. I don't want to make excuses why I failed. Why nothing is going on in my life. When there is abundance, God can give. My God shall supply how many? All. What is it God cannot do? What is it? With him all things are possible. Said, is there anything too hard for the Lord? When you can't pray, that's what happens. Sit and you complain the whole day. We come on this altar. Brother, Shada, on fire, three days fasting. Trash out some things. And you say, Lord, this thing must move. Mountain must shift. Amen. This storm must be over. Say amen, somebody. I'm tired of struggling. I told you guys how I was struggling. I mean, I borrowed money from my wife's ex-boyfriend. Amen, somebody. You guys have heard my story. 
borrowed money. You can you imagine your wife's ex-boyfriend, ex, not ex-husband, ex-boyfriend. I went to him, asked him for money. After he gave me that money to pay rent, I said, God, if you don't answer me today, I will become an arm robber. I went on a three days drive fast. How many days? Some of you, we say Wednesday fast. By nine o'clock, you, you are looking for muffin and coffee. You call it Pasha fast. No, three days drive fast. Sat at home. Trust it out with God. On the third day, the voice of the Lord came. My wife came back from work. I told my wife, I said, we will never be poor again. That was what, where poverty ended. Gather every witch in hell. I will never be broke again. In this life, it will never happen. I can never be poor. And I'm not bragging. I can never be poor again. It's impossible. It's impossible. I know what I'm saying, church. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Seek him. Some of you are seeking things. Leave things alone. All that is in this world is lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh and pride of life. That's all. Say, but anyone that does the will of God shall abide forever. Shall abide forever. Live your life like you are an unbeliever. Unbelievers are pursuing things you are pursuing. What's the difference between you and them? What's the difference? Church, let us seek the Lord. Kai, how did I get here? Man, should I finish my story? We have about five minutes. Let me use just these five minutes. Go back to my story in 2 Kings chapter 3. 2 Kings 3. Let me just round that up. And he said, thus saith the Lord. He said, bring me a mistral. And it came to pass. When the mistral prayed, what happened? When the mistral played, what happened? The hand of the Lord came upon him. When the mystery played, what happened? The hand of the Lord came upon him. The hand of the Lord. That's how it's supposed to be. When the choir sings, the hand of the Lord is supposed to come on this house. Hey, you are not saying amen. That's why some of you, you know, when the choir is singing, I, I come up the pulpit and I'm looking at people. Some people are like this. Worship is going on. Beloved, you are standing as if you just slaughtered Jesus. No. Jesus is not your mate. We are all worshiping God. And here you are standing as if, I said to everyone, raise up your hand. Some of you were like this, staring at me. Raise up your hand. He said, praise the Lord with your ten-stringed instrument. Ten strings. Now, Douglas, how many strings is that keyboard? Do you have an idea? You don't know. 52. Okay. Now, there is no keyboard that is 10 strings. None. 52. You know what is the 10 strings? Your fingers. Your fingers. We say clap for Jesus. You, you, you put your hand in your pocket. And church, this is what... Listen to me. We have been blaming God. Oh. God looks from heaven, sees us. And sees how we are. Choir is singing. They're singing their heart out. You are there. Please finish. I want to see Apostle. I came to see Apostle Felix. Who am I? When, we, when they are singing, we are worshiping the almighty God. Don't wait for me. Miracles can happen. Why they are singing. Am I talking to somebody? Say, 
the mistress started playing and the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah. This is the word the Lord gave me quickly. He says, and he said, Thus saith the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. And the Lord said to me, I should tell you people to prepare for what he's about to do. Prepare for the harvest. Prepare for your miracle. Prepare for your breakthrough. Prepare for your expectations. He said, make these valleys full of ditches. God is not going to come to an unprepared people. He's not going to come to somebody who is unprepared. Why are we extending this building to 5,000? If you look at it, there are still empty chairs. But we saw the harvest coming. We saw that you're going to come to church one Sunday. The 5,000 auditorium will be full to capacity. Now, outside we are building another 1,000 something hall. Church, do you think I'm crazy? You think I don't have something to do with money? No, it is what I've seen. If you don't, listen. They say when expectation meets preparation, miracle is inevitable. Many of us are not prepared for what we're asking God for. You are a woman here, you want to get married, you are not ready. You are not ready. Are you prepared for marriage? Are you prepared to be under a man? Are you prepared? Are you prepared to, to be a multi-millionaire? Uh, God, I want to be a millionaire. Are you ready? There is no structure in your life. You are not organized. God only moves when there is structure. There's an apostolic formula in the Bible. When Jesus wanted to feed the 5,000, he took five loaves and how many fish? So that means that there is a 1,000-fold anointing on every loaf. 1,000-fold anointing to feed 5,000 people on every loaf. But how did that happen? He made them sit in what? In 50s. Structure. Put order in your life. Right now, you are so disorganized. You don't know your left from your right. You earn salary today. By the second day you earn salary, you are broke. That's no order. You are not organized. Organize your life. Stop buying. Look at your neighbor. Say, stop buying. Stop going to the mall to chill out. That's why you are chilling all your money away. Amen, somebody. The mall is designed to take your money. You must design another formula to keep your money. I'm telling you. Put order in your life. Put structure. He said, make them sit in 50s. And as soon as they did, the bread multiplied. He handed it over to the apostles. That's it. Structure. Why is this church moving forward? Structure. Everybody knows where they are. Yesterday we had, I had a training with the intercessors. When I, the number of intercessors in this church is a church. Hello? It's a church. Why is that? Structure. There is order. Church, put structure in your life. Put order. God can move the way you are. Prepare yourself. He said, go and dig ditches. Kings, you want to fight Moabite. The formula is dig ditches. Don't go and get weapon. Very stupid instruction. What instruction has God given you that you despised? Extend the build. I, you know, I saw this extension on, on, the, on the 31st. I was here 31st. No, 1st to the 3rd or 2nd to the 4th. I was on this altar. Three days dry fast. As I was walking around on this altar, I saw this building extended. And I knew God was showing us that, that expansion is coming. I saw it in the place of prayer. 
That's why when you pray, church, anytime you go before God, get a pen and paper around you because, you see, some of us pray without expecting God to speak. The way pray, prayer is a two-way communication. Can I hear an amen? Don't just ragabadabadabadabada and you walk away. Pray, keep a piece of paper. Lord, what are you saying as regards to my answer? And then the Lord will speak something. He said, I will stand upon my watch. You all remember that scripture? I will set myself upon the tower. And I will watch to see what he will say unto me. Say amen. That means every time I stand in prayer, God must say something. And he said to me, write the vision. And do, and do what? Make it plain upon tables. So that he that read it will run with it. Why are you guys giving into this building project? Look at how many bricks we raised money last Sunday. Look at how many. Why did you give? Because there is a vision in front of you. Why Do you think what we are doing in this house can't work in your life? Present the vision. When you don't have a vision, there is no provision. Say amen. amen. Prepare for what God is about to do. From now till December, God said I should tell you, he is about to move mightily in your life. And he said to me, go and tell my sons to dig their ditches. This is how Jehoshaphat, Jehoram and the king of Edom defeated the Moabites. They dug the ditches. And then God put water in the ditches. Look at this. Moab now saw in the valley and saw that there was water everywhere and they looked like blood. So they said, oh, the king of Jehoshaphat, Jehoram and, and, and the king of Edom have died. They've all died. Let us go and collect their spoil. As they went, they didn't know that they were in hiding. As they went, they now destroyed Moab. That's how they won the victory. Go and dig your ditches. I said, go and dig your ditches. It's high time you prepare for what God is about to do in your life. Nothing just happens. Nothing just happens. Anything you are believing God for, prepare for it. I said, anything you are believing God for, prepare for it. Go back to your 12 prayer request and begin to prepare for the expectation. Prepare for what God is about to do. Something major is landing on your life. I see God raising you up. I see God promoting you. I see God lifting you up. I see God giving you that job. I see God raising that opportunity for you. I see God moving in your life. Somebody shout amen. amen. Something is about to happen, church. Listen, you better believe the word of the man of God. Otherwise, listen, when we get there, don't say Apostle Phyllis is stealing our money. I told you, prepare for it. Look at your neighbor say, please prepare. Oh yeah. It's high time husband and wife go home and start preparing. Start preparing. Look at your wife say, baby, we need to pray. Let's go on a fast. Let's prepare and dig our ditches. Let's start preparing. It's time we need to gather, gather ourselves and say, what ditches do we have to dig? What are the things we need to put in place? If you're expecting to travel overseas, get a passport. Okay. Uh, where, where is my daughter in intercession? R is it, uh, Rachel, is she back from overseas? There she is. She's a, stand there, it's fine. 
That's a lecturer in University of Johannesburg. She just came from overseas for training. Now when the opportunity came, she had to be prepared. You have a passport. They sent her passport to Italian embassy, gave her visa. That's how she traveled to Italy. Some of you here don't have passport. Hey, hey, Lord, take me overseas. How? Are you a witch? No, you're not going to fly overseas like a witch. You are flying there with passport. You must go to O.R. Tambo, get a visa, present your visa to customs, then they will allow you to go. Say, hey, Amen! Prepare! Prepare. Prepare. Some of you want to achieve things you are not prepared for. You know, I told you the other day, some of you have fallen to scams. They send you an email. Oh, you have, there is five billion pounds. Your great, great grandfather left in Britain. Now, you look at your father and mother, your grandfather. None of them look like they have left Soweto. And you reply to that email and say, oh. I, the, and then they tell you, pay so and so money, we will release it. That's how you are falling to scam. How do you go and accept that type of email? Once I see, hey, if you, daughter, you can sit down. Once I see those kind of email, you have 10 billion pounds in, in Bank of America. I just press delete on my email. Make sure you don't fall to that scam. It's your greed. You see, you are greedy, that's why. 10 billion pounds. 10 billion pounds. Your grandfather. You are still living in the house he built. Two-room house. And he left 10 billion pounds in UK. Something is wrong with you. Amen, somebody. <laughs> Am I communicating? No, your grandfather didn't leave anything. You need to hustle for yourself. Amen, somebody. You need to rise up for your children. Make sure that you leave an inheritance for your children's children. Am I talking to somebody? It's high time you believe God for your next generation. Don't let what the previous generation did hinder you from doing that for your children. I was telling my children, you will never start where my father left me. No. No, 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 no. Where you are starting is where I stopped. Oh, yes. Where you are starting is where I what? Where I stopped. No. A lazy generation. That's what we have. Giving excuses. My father didn't take me to school. My father didn't do this. Listen to me. If your father didn't take you to school, take yourself to school. My late wife, I met her. She only had matric. It was in my house. Why she was married to me, she went to varsity and graduated from vets. Why she was in my house? She was paying her school fees. When I married her, I started helping her pay. I didn't go to school. That's why my life is a mess. Yeah? My friend, stop feeling sorry for yourself. He said, be you not sorry for yourself, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Church, it's high time we take responsibility. I hate making excuses for failure. I hate failure. I hate failure. I don't want to fail in anything. So I put in my best. Said in Ecclesiastes, maybe I should look for that scripture. Whatever you do, do it with all your might. I think it's in Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Look around verse 10 or so. Check for me quickly. Let me read that and we'll close. God, time has gone. Look for it. Ecclesiastes 9, somewhere. Anything you do, he said, do it with all your might. There we go. Everybody read with me, want to go. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, what do you do? Do it with what? Some of you do things with laxity. Uh, that's why it's not working. 
Even when you see the way I preach, you will come back next Sunday because you are feeling sorry for me. I mean, with all this sweat I have removed here, I have emptied almost two, uh, 10 liters of water from sweat because I'm doing this with all my might. I am not here preaching to you, you know, the Lord said, dig a ditch, you know, the Lord is good. I'm moving like a pregnant, nine, in fact, 11-month pregnant woman. You know, the Lord is good. Why don't you come to church? No. Anything you do, what kind of might with you, should you do it with? All your might. Put it with this guy that loves showing me. What is your challenge? Put the scripture. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do. My daughters in the choir, as you are singing, sing with all your might. Amen, somebody. He said, do it with all your might, for there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave. He said, the might you are reserving, you, you can't use it in the grave. Oh. It's only now you can use your might. It's only now you can use your strength. You, there is nobody that uses strength in the grave. Nobody. Do it with your might. Wake up in the morning tomorrow. When you go to your business, be vibrant. Dress up well. When you get to work, thank you Jesus for today. I call clients. I call them in their thousands. You stand there waiting for them. Expect them. Lord, they are coming. They are coming. Amen, somebody. Do it with all your might. When you go to work, don't go to work like you, are, you have been abused in church yesterday. What is your problem? After all this kind of message I preach to you, go to work. Uh, you know, there's a song that says, Thank God it's Friday. You remember that song? Thank God it's Friday. That's how some of you live your life. No, don't live your life like that. Anything you do, do it with your might. Every day you must achieve something. Achieve something. Do it with your might. Do it. You're working, do it with your might. You own your own business, do it with your might. Listen, even though man, you may say, Apostle, but I'm working for someone, they're not paying me, they're not paying me well. God is watching. Promotion cometh not from the south, from the west, from the east, but it cometh from who? From the Lord. It's only God that gives promotion. He's watching you. The, a day of reckoning is coming. Mordecai saved the king. And the Bible says nobody rewarded him. Haman took the reward. And they promoted Haman to assistant. The day came. On that night could the king not sleep. And he opened the book of Chronicles. And he said, what has been done for this guy that stopped the killing of the king? That's how Mordecai's life changed forever. God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That's scripture. Next verse. He says, for there is no device, no work, no knowledge, no wisdom in the grave. Whither thou goest. Where all of us are going. Every one of us here, if Jesus tarries, we end up in the grave. Next verse. Give me next verse. I returned and I saw under the sun that the race is not to who? Nor battle to who? Nor yet bread to who? Nor riches to who? Nor favor to who? What happened to them? Your time has come. Your time has come. Church, take advantage of July to December. 
I am telling, I have, I have been in the presence of God since early hours of this morning. And he told me to tell you that your time has come. There is a visitation coming to your life. A major visitation. Church, we cannot be doing all this for God. This church loves God. We can't be doing all this for God. Between now and September, we are extending this building. We are doing a conference that cost us more than a million rent. We don't ask, we don't tell people, send us help, give us money. You've never seen me here stand and say, please, send us money, we need to do a conference. No. Everything we do, we do by faith. Between now and September, this ministry will be spending close to three, four million. How is it coming? By faith. So you can't be doing all this for God and God looks away from you. Your time of visitation has come. Remember the scripture I read? Solomon in Gibeon went and in Gibeon he gave what kind of offering? A thousand burnt offering. Next verse. Is this 1 Kings chapter 4 verse 4? Next verse. The Bible says, and in Gibeon the Lord appeared to Solomon. He sowed his seed in Gibeon and in the same Gibeon God appeared to him. So you have sown your seed last Sunday. Listen, I, those of you who made pledges, I have been praying on those pledges. Please make sure you give it. Listen, heaven has recorded that you have given that money so that we can finish this building. The work is starting this week and we want to put workforce. If possible, let them work day and night so that this building, the 5,000 extension will be completed. And then we are ready for the conference. Say amen. We don't want the embarrassment of last year. Last year in the conference, we had 7,000 plus in the conference. And we don't want that level of embarrassment where we didn't have place to put people. You all remember what happened last year? Even some of you couldn't enter the auditorium. Hello? You all remember? It was crazy last year. So we don't want the same situation. We need to prepare. It's only a fool that goes through something twice. I don't want what happened last year to happen this year. Where by 5.30 they say, 7,000 people have been scanned and registered. You know that COVID registration. Imagine. We don't want that type of embarrassment. So we must be ready. So please, if you made pledges, make sure you redeem them. And the church say, all heads bowed.